Welcome to That Sucks, everybody. This is Troy Neverland. Yeah, fuck, go again. I, Fucking, all right. Okay, you do, no, you, you got to do that thing, and then yeah, I say okay, my name. No, 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 no. You I'm say not, your I'm not name. editing this. You say your I'm not name, all right? Like you just did then, all right? Right now? No, like do what you just did. Okay. Welcome to the... Z- <sighs> all right. Reset. <laughs> Welcome to That Sucks, everybody. You meant to say That's- your name. <laughs> and I thought you were going to do... Okay, all right, last time. <laughs> this happens every time. Welcome to That Sucks, everybody. My name is Troy Nabobon. I'm Dan Cribb, and you're on the Handshake Media Network. Thanks for uh, tuning in. We're once again recording from self-isolation. I'm in Madley, WA. I'm in Morley, WA. And we're in Las Vegas. From Vegas? La- what? Viva Las Vegas! We've got yeah. some very special guests joining us today from self-isolation. So this is exciting. So Chris and Ashley Reeve, all the way from Las Vegas, Nevada. How you going? Yeah, okay. nah. Yeah, nah. Good. Good. <laughs> yeah, nah. Fucking mate. Chris oh, is yeah, automatically, do you ha- he's automatically more Australian, just talking to Australians. G'day, Cobbers. Yeah, d- <laughs> yeah just ham it up. This is, uh, if you've got any messages for your Australian friends and family, now now's the time to do it in the best Australian accent. Yeah. No wackers. She'll be right. So... Chris and Ashley, it's so nice to have you here on the show. It is nice to be here. Do you want to just tell everybody what you do and who you are Explain and what not? <laughs> what are you doing here? What do you have to say for yourself? I'll let my lovely wife go first. Um, well, I play bass guitar for Cher and um, I also play for Filter like really occasionally. The band hasn't been like touring a whole bunch, but like every once in a while if, if they have something come up and I'm available to do it, then... I do it, but um, that's been a while. And my name right. is Chris. Hi there. How you doing? And uh, Ashley and I... G'day, mate. Yeah, nah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Ashley and I met playing in Filter. And these days, I... What did I do last year? I played for a few people, um, did some touring with Avril Lavigne and Tom Morello, a few shows with Filter as well. And, uh, and then we made the move to Vegas and we're still doing all that and playing in Vegas too. Busy, busy schedules. I guess, you know, the reason we're speaking to you guys today is because all that sort of just stopped abruptly a few weeks ago, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, literally ripped us off the road. Yeah. Along so with what, everyone else we know. <laughs> so what sort of happened? Like what, what went down um, for you guys? Um, well, I was actually on tour with Cher in Oklahoma City. We were about to play a show and we all got a message saying that the show wasn't going to happen and we were all going to be sent home. And we were all like so just shocked. I mean, I was like in tears. I was like, what is going on? Because they were like, it's not just the show. The tour is ending. It's, it's This whole thing is a lot bigger than uh, any of us need to deal with and it's just not safe to be out there so yeah it was just like all of a sudden my world came to a screeching halt I came came home and here we are yeah how far into the tour were you we had actually only done maybe four shows we were like four shows in and this was meant to be like a good long run you know we were going to do like about six weeks or so and then have like a, oh, little, wow. a little time off and then do another run. Yeah, it, it was meant to be a good long tour and all of a sudden it just sort of got pulled from us. And um, it, the crazy thing was we were staying at a hotel where someone from the Utah Jazz was actually, um, Whoa. they came down 
with the coronavirus and they were staying at the same hotel with us, which is like really disconcerting, but they assured us that they'd taken all the proper precautions to keep him isolated in his room and they'd scrubbed down all the buttons and the elevators and everything. But that terrified yeah. all of us because it wasn't yeah. that guy. Was it the, like the main guy that got everyone infected? I think it, it was among the f- the first guys. Yeah. He was one of the first yeah. team members and wow. uh, it was just sort of like a domino effect from there. But as yeah. far as I know, none of our crew were actually affected, but um, it was just scary to be that close to it and not really know, oh my gosh, like, did I press, like, was I on the same floor with this guy? Like, yeah. you just have no idea. Yeah, that's crazy. It hasn't hit so much in Australia. You know, the numbers are, are pretty low, but because over there, everyone's getting infected like every 20 minutes sort of thing. Yeah. So I would, I know from my own sort of anxiety, it's like, oh. You know, what What have I done? Like, even now, I went to a cafe yesterday. I got a coffee and I was like, I bit my fingernail as I got in the car, like out of habit. I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. Just yeah. like spit everything out. And yeah, I'd be, I'd be freaking out. So I actually, yeah. let me let me get your opinion on this. I went through the, the Macca's drive-thru two days ago. And while I was sitting there waiting in my car, I saw a $20 note on the floor. So I pulled my handbrake, got out, grabbed the $20 note and got back in my car. And I've been thinking about that a lot ever since. <laughs> like it was a like a trap. Yeah, I'm yeah. thinking maybe some some infected person coughed on it and left it there as like a, like a, like a to test or something. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, like, but you got twenty bucks. That's worth rolling the dice, isn't it? Probably not. You could... I found fifty bucks on the floor of a dome cafe in Kalgoorlie a couple of years ago, and I kept that. Wow. Um, yeah, that did, felt did, weird. Did you frame it with all your other Kalgoorlie stuff you're always raving about? <laughs> <laughs> no, I just spent it and wasted my so what, money. Um, so, so, Chris, what, what were you up to when all this COVID stuff sort of started going down? Uh, we were mid-rehearsals. Um, well, we, we started rehearsals in LA uh, with Avril Lavigne and it was day one of production rehearsals and all the numbers in Europe started to really escalate mm. and everyone was kind of, you know, saying amongst each other, like, this is not looking good. Like, it, it's getting crazy. Governments over there started announcing the... Uh, the limitations on how many people could be in one place at one time. And then we we did rehearsals, we finished them, and then we came home, left all our stuff at the rehearsal place. It was put on a pallet and to be shipped to Europe. Our first date was going to be in Milan, Italy. Oh, which, wow. Which Whoa. was like the epicenter at the time as well. And a few days ticked over and then all of a sudden they announced online that a bunch of the governments in the places that we were actually going to. So I think Milan was first and then it was Switzerland and I can't remember what the third date was. All of those governments said, yeah, no more people than like, uh, I think they capped it at between one and 5,000 and all of our venues were like over 5,000. So all of a sudden they started announcing through all the Avril channels that those dates would be cancelled and possibly uh, rescheduled to the uh, end of the tour. And then a few days after that, they had to come out and say that the whole thing was now off because uh, like every government was doing it. And Trump came out and put a ban on flights between here and Europe. Mm. Um, so right. not, not only could we uh, not play there, but we couldn't even get there now. So they, they just decided to um, postpone the entire tour. And so everyone was staying at home now. Yeah, that like for both those tours, for Avril and Cher, that's the logistics of cancelling such big productions um, so quickly just would have so many kind of ripple effects, right? Yeah, I mean, a, a lot of that stuff is um, kind of beyond us, but 
Yeah, I can't even imagine the kind of like loopholes that everyone has to go through now. There's all kinds of... Um... I was going to say, fortunately for us, our dates have been postponed till later in the year. So it's not like a complete loss. It just feels yep. like a loss right now. Mm-hmm. So everything comes to a halt. You guys um, head back to um, Vegas. So what's the, mm-hmm. the, the vibe sort of around Vegas now? Um, well, we, we got back and Vegas was still open for a few days when both of us got home. And, and this would have been, what, three weeks ago now? I got home on like on the 11th, on March 11th. Oh, was okay, it? right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's still very early in, in the situation and it hadn't really hit America yet. And uh, so we Trump got home. And, that out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so we got home and luckily there was still a bunch of like everything was still open vegas was still happening but they were just trying to kind of advocate to wash your hands all the time but as far as everyone was concerned like all the gigs were still happening so i managed to squeeze in maybe a week's worth of shows and ashley joined me on a bunch of those shows and then one by one same thing it was like a a a slow trickle effect like the i think it was mgm was first we started hearing all, all of our buddies say that it's uh, MGM's closing all of its properties. So that's like half of everyone's gigs because MGM owns like half of the strip. Right. Uh, and then a few days later, that came out and said Caesars was closing all of their properties. Uh, like the other half. So that's the other half. <laughs> and then there's just independence left. And um, one of the ones we work out often is called uh, the Cosmopolitan. There's like a cool speakeasy club in there that we play in a lot. Um, that was actually the last one standing. Well, one of the last ones standing. And uh, I think we did one more show there. All of this happened in three days as well. Like <laughs> it was very quick. <laughs> um, so we, I think we did one more show there. And then there was a show booked for the Tuesday. And on the Sunday night, we got word that the entire strip is just shut. Everything's done. Mm. So, if you, so if you went to, like, are you allowed to walk down the strip now? Just go for a stroll or is it like... Are you in serious lockdown? Like, what's the? Um, they haven't. The they haven't done any of that in America yet, which is, it's really interesting. I don't know if you guys have seen it, but uh, Google released their um, customers' location data, and you can go and look on any city on the planet and see how much it's changed since the lockdowns have come into effect. And you look at somewhere like France that had the mandatory lockdowns yeah, and, uh, you know, their business travel and recreational travel and everything is down like 90% um, since the beginning of all of this. And then every other place on the planet that's been a lot looser is down 50%. Right. So all the places that I've looked at in America, it seems that's the way, like there's still people going out. You could go out if you wanted to, there's no fines or anything in place. But all the all the guidelines are there, like the six feet from everybody. And now they're just starting to come out with like, you should wear homemade masks. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, like which is, that, that's a whole other topic. But yeah, as far as fines and all that, I don't think they're, they're fining people for being outside. I know you're not allowed to congregate in large groups. But there's not really but, anywhere yeah. to go anyway. Exactly. Like Vegas is, it was one of the first places to instill all of these lockdowns on businesses and everything. And entertainment and stuff. So Vegas, the vast majority of everyone coming here are just coming for entertainment. And the vast majority of people that live here work in entertainment, whether it's uh, or hospitality. So with all of it closed, no one's coming here. And the people that live here don't have anywhere to go because they can't work. Mm. Right. So this place 
is like a ghost town in a lot of places. But places like LA, I don't think that's the case. Like I still have a, a lot of friends that are still having to go to work because they they work in like other fields. Right. Yeah. Because it's, what is it? Uh, it's like essential services is the stuff that's still supposed to be open, but then that's what's deemed essential services is a bit blurry at the moment, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah. So, like Home Depot is still classified as like essential service for you know, certain <laughs> things, which, you know, I guess if, if you're in lockdown and your sink explodes in the bathroom. <clears throat> like- well, yeah, I suppose so. I was listening to a podcast on the way to record this podcast, actually, and they were talking about how, you know, butchers and stuff are like still technically considered essential services. But yep. I think there was like some places where independent stores like, you know, butchers, bakers, candlestick and makers, oh, perhaps. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Dan. Butchers, can- um, <laughs> Ah. But, <laughs> funny guy. Uh, but yeah, they were um they were not technically considered like the grocery stores, like the big supermarkets were considered the essential services, but the small independent ones weren't. And so it kind of as things got more serious and, you know, people just needed more more stuff, I guess. Specifically, I think in LA, actually, they uh, they loosened the restrictions so that, you know, people could just get food because otherwise there just wasn't enough to, to go around, mm-hmm. um, at least when the panic started. Because, yeah, like, you know, you're talking about Home Depot being still open, you know, Bunnings is still open. And I'm kind of yeah. happy about that because I still need to order some shit. So <laughs> Yeah, same um, here. That's, that's what we've been doing with our time off. We're like building our home studio. Yeah. Well, that's the and, thing. So, uh, yeah, do you guys have other means of income like while all the the gig works kind of dried up we're working on it i've had this dream of making this home studio project for the last few years i've told troy all about this our our little weekend thing but uh yeah with all with all the touring um we we've just never had the time to actually get it happening so now we're kind of taking this time where we literally can't do anything else to focus on a means to actually make some money from home. Ashley's doing something cool as well. She's got a side hustle going. I just, um, like one of my favorite little hobbies is knitting. And I just decided, I was like, you know what? This is like a perfect little thing I could sell on the side. And so I just decided to create my own little brand called Pizza Monster. (laughs) Because I don't know, I feel like, you know, we're all like in our little homes and watching Netflix and like living off of whatever's in our pantry. And like, we're sort of like down to like the frozen goods at this point. And yep. there's a lot of pizzas. And so I was like, pizza monster. So it's <laughs> become my like little quarantine brand. <laughs> but um, but yeah, just like little things to... And it's kind of a funny time because like we're in the middle of like spring right now. Our spring literally just started and like summer's yep. upon us. But I figure, you know what? They're, they're nice little like scarves and knit things to have for like night, night walks. Not everyone's like, you know, in their homes all the time. Yeah. It's you a, always put the air conditioner on, blast the air, can't get really cold and then put the scarf <laughs> on top of that, you know? Yes. There you go. Exactly. You go. Yeah. Well, that's kind it, of great that, you know, like creatives, you guys are trying to find other means of work, which a lot of other workers would just find themselves unemployed or without work and would just be like, well, don't know what to do now. But it seems yeah. like a lot of the, the music industry are like, well, what else can I use my time and skills for? Yeah. And and that's a that's a crazy thing at the moment is that, so many performers are having the same idea. Like everyone's resorting to teaching or to like these online shows where you can donate to the thing. And I think it's awesome. But as far as uh, my theory on it, just kind of spitballing here is that like it's going to work with everyone's audiences that they already have. It's going to be really tricky to, to grow your audience because there's so much competition 
for that at the moment. Like everyone is an online streamer now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, everyone is a is a Skype teacher now. Yeah, it's trying to like trying to become the new YouTube celebrity sort of thing overnight. There's exactly which is great yeah five years ago and great ten years ago, or you know the next TikTok celebrity. But um, everyone's coming to the party at once, like thousands and thousands of tens and thousands, millions of more people coming to the party at once to do it. Yeah, you know, how do you get a how do you get an edge? Exactly, um, yeah. It's like I sign up for for my guitar lessons. Like if you've already got thirty thousand followers on your thing, that's mm. that's pretty cool. But if you're just starting along with everybody else, like you look at everyone's Facebook feed. If if you're a musician, yeah. you got a lot of musician friends. Like our entire feeds are just full of people going like, "Take my guitar lessons." Yep. And it's like I I wish everyone would take everyone's <laughs> lessons. <laughs> yeah. But it's, there's going to be um, a lot of competition for it. Yeah, everyone's taking the same lessons and just moving that like $50 around to the next person. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So I think yeah. creatives are, are going to have to start getting creative. Like what Ashley's done, you know, the, uh, doing a knitting thing on the side as a musician. Like that's something like kind of niche. Yeah, mm. absolutely. Like what do you think will be the long-lasting effects of all this? What, like once things go back to normal, do you think all these people trying to hustle and thrive will be better in the long run for a lot of kind of sections of the industry or um, like strengthen areas that would have otherwise not really not been developed, like people learning how to market themselves better, be more entrepreneurial and promote themselves and things like that? I think definitely a lot of people that weren't going to be streamers that are doing it now that have some success, I think they'll stick to it. So it's it's probably going to make for a lot more online content, which is the way the industry is heading anyway. Mm-hmm. It's kind of forcing a lot of people into learning how to, you know, do a Twitch stream. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Speaking of that, I need to do some research. <laughs> exactly, yeah, yeah. So I, I think there's going to be a big boom in like new streamers around the place. But I, I think for a lot of people they'll just go back to what they know and kind of fall back into the safe thing. Do you guys think, let's just say this lasts for 12 months, 18 months, and then all of a sudden, cool, we're going back to normal. Like you can go out and you can go see concerts and you can go to movies and stuff. Do you think there's going to be an immediate, all right, we've been cooped up for so long, we're going to go out and see our favorite tours or we're going to, you know, we're going to just uh, like get back to normal like that. Or do you think over so much time of sitting in front of computer screens and, and phones, it's going to be sort of reduced, like the, the leaving the house mm. is going to be reduced? I, I reckon we can ask our resident American here. I mean, <laughs> what do you think? I don't know. It's hard to say because I there's a part of me that feels like we're all going to be cooped up for so long that we're all going to be so hungry for like live <clears> music <throat> and live performances and just like yep. gather. We're going to be missing each other so much. But I feel like there will be like a resurgence of mm-hmm. entertainment and just social gatherings in general. So if, if you think about something like 9-11, those uh-huh. events with traveling and everything, how did America seem like it dealt with that when it was like quote safe to fly again well there was like massive paranoia after that yeah how long do you reckon it lasted i mean is that really over yet? Is it, yeah it kind of <laughs> changed the world yeah. yeah i mean there's there's definitely that that chance that this has like a longer lasting ripple effect than any of us would really like and people get so used to sort of being holed up in their own little worlds and and doing everything online and ordering groceries online that maybe they decide that, hey, I guess I don't really need to go out much at all. There might be those people. But I feel like the the better majority of us are, like, going to be hungry for, like, 
actual human contact and, you know, our friends yeah. and like our usual lives. Like most of us, I feel like are going to be chomping at the bit to get back to like life as usual. Hopefully. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I, I think so. The reason I ask is like, you know, I, I agree. I, I figured uh, one of the gigs that I lost I was thinking like, well, by the time that this is all over, people are just going to be screaming to see the, like for the football games. Like I play on, on top of the stadium for the football games. Okay, wait, wait, okay, you need to give context to the listeners. Explain so we can all understand I didn't, I don't want to be awesome a, I, I just no, don't do want to keep do talking it. about it. Mate. Yeah, Come on, to, name drop. Really, a really awesome do it. I play on, I play on top of a stadium for a football team here in, uh, in Australia. In front of like a hundred thousand people. Which no, is amazing. Well, no big deal. Less you know. than that. But well, my thinking was that like the first time that everyone could go out and see a game, like uh, to see a live sport event and have like 60,000 people in a stadium at once, that's going to be exciting and, and people are going to be screaming for it. And that's where I went straight away. I was like, yeah, of course, people are going to be you know screaming for it. But then when I'm doing more, like we're at the moment, the fact that we're able to do this podcast over Skype, the fact that I've been able to teach this entire last week by doing uh, streaming or uh, online lessons and that sort of stuff. That stuff is amazing. And I could almost quite happily never go and teach a class of people in person ever again. Mm-hmm. Um, there's like aspects of you that, be, that, you that I thought because don't hear that. Oh, what are they going to do? We're in quarantine. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I, there's a lot of things that I'm already finding like, fuck, I, I could, I, I don't need to do that stuff again, the way I've been doing it, this is all working out pretty well. So, and I, I was talking about this with someone last week, actually, and they were, they were sort of saying like, yeah, after all this is said and done, we, we might just become so used to it that it becomes the new norm, I suppose. You know, you're yeah. going to have like school children, five to 18, whatever, across the world now, just experiencing probably 12 months of, uh, of online teaching. So, yep. You know, there's a lot of like five or six year olds that their entire schooling uh, uh, is going to be doing it in front of a webcam or however it works out. And it's going to be kind of an interesting ex- experiment. So, yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see how it moves on in, in a couple of months time. Going to be like that movie Wally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I also feel like it's going to be very weird going to a concert. Like, it'll feel wrong. Like, you're sitting too close to me and there's yeah. too many people here for the first yeah. however many gigs. You get, you'll get, you feel yeah. like, um, you know, you're doing something wrong. I find now when I'm watching TV, like, I, I'm kind of thinking, wow, they're really close to each other. Or, like, imagine, <laughs> imagine being able to be that close to someone again. Yeah. It's like, I wonder wow. when they filmed this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think about that a lot. Do you know what's something we haven't felt yet is our favorite TV shows and movies? Like, just production has stopped. Yeah, um, yeah, that's uh, that's very sad. <laughs> um, yeah, thankfully there's still a bunch of stuff in the can. Like Netflix is still able to roll it out. Yeah, well, I started seeing. I can't remember what show it was. I saw it in the news this morning that there's a, a U.S. court type show. I can't remember what it was, but they're doing the next episode on Zoom. Oh, really? Yeah, <laughs> that's <laughs> so cool. I don't know how they're going to do that, but it has begun. We were mostly so, bummed about the halting of the production of Jurassic World. Oh, really? Yeah, that's sad. Even more sad is that Ghostbusters was supposed to be released this summer and that's been postponed till next year and that one tugged at my heartstrings. The one the one thing that I find interesting as well about all this, while we're not as connected or, you know, I mean, we're connected via technology but not seeing people, I also feel like I want to talk to people more and actually focus when I'm speaking with them, not just like having mm-hmm. a quick chat on the phone. It's like I want to have proper conversations, which is yeah, weird. Yeah. Like I feel like I'm connecting with people more and learning more things, even though I'm not really seeing them. It's so yeah. true. For you guys over there, with obviously tours being postponed, is there sort of like a, a date that people are aiming for to be back touring and, you know, things to resume at this stage? I mean, there there is, but 
it keeps getting pushed back the further time goes. Mm. Yeah. Everyone was like, oh, we got some shows in April. Maybe that'll happen. Like, that's not happening now. Yeah. We're supposed to have some shows here in Vegas uh, with Cher in June and July, but or maybe July. Either way, I'm, I don't even know if this is going to blow over by then. So at this point, who even knows? No one yeah. really seems to know. Because yeah. even if they... um. Even if they start putting concerts on around the place, like I don't know if uh, there'll be travel restrictions still. Like if it keeps growing exponentially, like who knows? Because you guys so. can still travel interstate at the moment, right? We can, yeah. You guys are shut and, now, aren't you? Yeah, the borders and WA in particular is completely yeah. shut. You can't so come in they, or out. They, they kind of shut them. the WA borders, and everyone was like, "Well, I we mean, we didn't want to go there anyway, but okay, yeah, all right." <laughs> <laughs> um. It was like, it was a funny thing where I was like, oh, they shut the WA borders. That's a good thing. It feels like one of those, but they took away our freedom things. But no, no, no. That was the right decision. Like, yeah. every, everybody's saying they took my freedom has never gone anywhere other than Bali in the past 10 years. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love the complaining about freedom. And it's like, you know, you were probably just going to stay home and watch Netflix most of this time anyway. Yeah. And go to work. So now you don't have to go to work and you just watch more Netflix. No, it's that's, like, yeah. that's it's terrible. Like, <laughs> but it's kind of like playing hooky, but like as a profession, you know. Except you don't <laughs> get paid. <laughs> yeah. So, what what are you guys doing for money? Um, like specifically over this, like, is there anything coming in? Well, the they've done that um, the stimulus check in America. Twelve hundred dollars is that right? <laughs> yeah, per individual, and then um, it's all based on your income. So if you own over a certain amount, it starts getting lower until. Wow, you hit hit a certain threshold and then you get nothing. Yep. Um, which I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah. Yeah, and then it's really cool. There's a lot of awesome charities and organisations that are doing some cool things for artists in particular. Oh, that's great. Um, there's there was one floating around called Music Cares, which is helping out a lot of people. Um, they're really cool and. Um, some really big names have started putting on events where people can donate back to that company as well and they can help more people. Yeah. So there's a lot of that going on and they just released, there's a small business thing that a lot of business owners are trying to apply for at the moment. SBA loan. The SBA loan, yep. Um, and unemployment, right. um, there was, I think it was like six and a half million Americans applied for unemployment last week. Which was, wow. I was Whoa. one of those, which is really weird because I feel like this is literally like one of the more humbling times in my life. If It's funny to go from like the top of the world, like I feel like I'm living my best life and all of a sudden I'm, a, I'm literally applying online for unemployment, which is so weird. Um, but And I haven't heard back because there were so many, <laughs> like you were saying, six so million. many. Yeah, it's yeah. like, I'm just like, you know, a, a needle in a haystack. So who knows when I'll hear back from that. And it's just like, it's a weird thing. You feel like you're holding on by a thread. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know like uh, welfare payments over here, it's just 200 phone calls people have had to make to try and get through. That's funny. Um, Ashley did exactly that. I literally, there was a <laughs> oh, really? day where I called 200 times and after that I just gave up. Because what happens is they have like a, well, at least in the state of Nevada, um, they have a, a daily allotment of phone calls that they can take. Oh, right. And then once they've reached that, they are no longer taking any more phone calls. So it was like I was getting up like 
I think it opens at like 8 a.m. I was getting up at like 7.50 to make sure that I was like one of the first people to call as soon as they opened. And at like 7.59, it still wasn't open. So I I called back at 8 o'clock and it was like already a busy signal and 200 phone calls. It was unbelievable to just, just to get through to someone to help out. Yeah. So it's crazy. Yeah, it was- what about this? I've, I've got a way of solving that problem, okay? Would you like to hear it? Yes. Okay. Not Six really. mi- million people unemployed. What you do is you take three million of those people and you train them to work in that call center. <laughs> so then the other three million can get through like that. But who trains them? Genius. That is genius. Okay. It might have to start so that there's one person that trains another person. Those two people train two more people. And then until oh, yeah. eventually you get to the point where you've trained enough people so that you can take three million phone calls at like once. A pyramid. Yeah. 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 It's a pyramid scheme, and but it's, it works. <laughs> it's, it's a good pyramid scheme. Yeah. The, the right type. Yeah. <laughs> Will it be like conscription? Like you get a letter in the mail saying you have to become a telephone marketer? Forward it to 10 friends or else you'll be it's, cursed. Yeah, it's an essential service that you can do from your home. That's genius. You can start yeah. it from there. You just get, get someone off the street. We can be the people underneath you in the pyramid and then yeah. we'll, we'll go out and get more people. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> I guess that's just the problem when, when your population is so high yeah, that so many people in line to get help or do anything. I can't I imagine get, uh, being in a place like New York right now. Ugh. And I've, I've got some friends. One of my best friends, his wife is a nurse in Manhattan. Whoa. And the stories that we've been getting out of there, it's heavy. Yeah, I mean, it's a war zone, right? Yeah, that's literally. The, yeah, I haven't um, seen the numbers today, but it was, you know, like hundred and. Over 150,000, wasn't it? It's Close something that. like that. So, Dan, you look like you're staring off like intensely. I'm just staring at you. You're so dreamy. Thanks, Dan. Shit. Yeah. Is there anything you guys want to kind of go over before we let you go? I guess I, we should put a, a nice positive yeah, bow I mean, on things. I just really miss. It's been a pretty dark conversation. It's <laughs> <I know, I laughs> <feel like laughs> yeah. been doom and gloom. I just really miss everybody. But I think something yeah. you said was really key. Like, it's maybe the silver lining is that this unique situation has really forced a lot of us to find new ways to reach out to each other, whether it's, you know, through FaceTime or whatever platform anyone's using zoom house party. I've definitely seen a lot more faces in the last week than I normally would anyways, you know, aside from work and stuff, which is really interesting, you know, that we're all doing our best to connect more than we normally would. Because we're all like worried about each other, and I think that's really kind of a nice thing. And and we all just gotta yep. keep looking out for each other. And house party, I only heard about that the other day. I want to try that. That sounds like fun. Just don't open the app while you're on the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, <clears throat> um, that's like most of the times I talk to Dan on, is on the toilet. So we do like to finish this this um, these podcast episodes, now, these COVID episodes is, with some positive stuff. Yes. So, so I'm just gonna tell you one thing this week. That I like. One positive thing that I've been doing that I've been enjoying. So I'm going to tell you mine. If everyone wants to chuck one in real quick, that'd be nice. Yep. But I'm going to start. I got. I received an AeroPress coffee machine from a friend of the show, uh, Leon Todd, ordered one for me. And it's amazing. I'm not drinking instant coffee in my house anymore. And yeah, this coffee took me a couple, like a day to work out how to make it. But boy, has it been satisfying. So that's one good thing that's happened to me this week. That's one good thing that's getting me through the core. Nice. So, Dan, what about you? Uh, I would like our guests to go first. 
<laughs> oh, that's how, you, prepare, that's you? how you do it, Troy. You got to be polite, you know. He's um, leading by example, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I gave you a minute to think of something too. So, uh, well, ladies uh, first. Well, it's kind of forced Chris and I to do like a little playing together. We like set up a little um, impromptu, uh, like bass and drums on, up on our balcony, and getting to play with him a little bit. It was not something I would have been able to do during this time because we'd be out on the road. So, yeah, maybe those little moments are like the silver lining. And we've um, also seen our birds do it a lot more because we're home. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's true. They've, I'm actually yes. really impressed with how good they've been. I guess you can kind of hear them cheeping at the moment. Um, oh, yeah. They've, they've been, been good this whole, whole time. time. <laughs> uh, yeah, they only just, no, I think they I just like, started. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't really notice them before that. It's like we're, uh, we're in the middle of a rainforest. It's very yeah. relaxing. That's how we stay tranquil here. <laughs> is it also do you have the birds and if they kind of like you know god forbid keel over you're like the virus is here and then you kind of yeah we can we know, you know we know when it's close you know we just saw crazy. we just saw bird box the other night <laughs> and uh the thought did cross my mind <laughs> <laughs> um all right dan give me give me something good Money Heist everybody in the whole world has to watch Money Heist on Netflix La Casa de Papel it is amazing. Uh-huh. It is amazing. Seriously. Right. I can't. I don't know what list. that is. Andrew Mast. This is a specific message for Andrew Mast. I don't care what you say. You need to watch this show now. Yeah, listen. Listen here, Andrew. Dan's laid it down. Listen here, Masty. He's, he's told you. <laughs> cool. Well, I think that's a pod. I, All right. That's, that's a also, pod. Um, if you lost a $20 note at the um, Lansdowne McDonald's, <laughs> you can go to hell. That's mine. <laughs> <laughs> And if it was a couple of years ago at, in the Kalgoorlie parking lot. Uh, public toilet, Troy, sorry. It was a public toilet. toilet. Now yeah. you know where to find well, Troy. Wait, 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 wait. Troy, did, wait, did you find It was 50 the- bucks. Come on. 50 in bucks is toilet? 50 bucks. Did you well, wash it? Where was it? Was it like in the bowl or? No, no, it was on the ground. I mean, it was not that. I'm still here. This is like four years ago. So how bad could it have been? <laughs> could have um, been really bad. Uh, well, look. It, <laughs> It didn't start a pandemic, so that's, that's true. The, that's the ceiling now. This is true. This is true. Um, You're safe. Um, so where can where can people find you on the socials? I thought you were going to say now, like they can just find us at home. Please now. give us your address and <laughs> we'll send you fan mail. <laughs> I'm on Instagram at Ashley Reeve Bass. That's pretty much it. And All I'm right. uh, I'm at Reeve Music. No S, just Reeve. You got yep. it. Well, yeah, thank you so much. My name is Troy Nababan. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Troy Nababan. I'm Dan Cribb. Don't come looking for me. And uh, this has been another episode of That Sucks presented by Handshake Media. You're going to do the plugs of the other shows as well, Dan? Uh, yeah. You can check out The Take, which is a great podcast. The Green Room with Neil Griffiths. And check out all the other ones on there. That's all I'm saying for now. Rad. Well, thank you so much. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.